Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast, where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, I'm not doing too bad. Good, good. You know, everything continues to go along. <laughs> Time continues to pass and I'm still here, so... Yeah, you ready for lockdown part two coming soon? <laughs> Christ, probably just in Birmingham specifically, so that's fun for us. Oh, I don't uh, know, I don't know. Yeah. Sunderland's horrendous at the moment, absolutely yeah, horrendous. There's a lot of places that are horrendous. It's almost as if the government's saying, oh, you should all go out and do these things and go to restaurants and go to pubs, and then turning around and blaming those people for spreading coronavirus. It's just not a good look. Um, they, they wouldn't do a thing like that, surely. <laughs> oh, you should all go and do this. We need you to do it for the for, for the economy and to spend loads of money. Oh, you're all spreading the, the disease. Stop it. You're really bad people. It's a whole mess. Um, no, I'm still barely leaving the house, so I guess I'm okay. Yeah, same. it's been <laughs> almost six months to the day since I since I last Amazing. ventured further than my backyard. Um, Incredible. I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is your ideal scenario, still, right? Yeah, 100 percent. I I could continue doing this for, for forever, possibly at this point. Like, yeah. I guess like a month into it, I was a bit like, oh, you know, I, I could I could I could do this for the foreseeable future, but six months in, I'm like, nah, this is. This, kind of the good life for me I'm happy enough with it yeah only being able to interact with people over the internet is probably the dream to be honest <laughs> <laughs> just to, yeah interaction with just delivery staff the people that live in your house and people on the internet that you want to interact with is uh, a good way forward to be fair oh yeah definitely it's, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm I'm doing well good I'm glad to hear it uh, yeah I mean I've, I've not really got much to report to be honest with you it's been a pretty pretty middling week yeah just trying to pass these goddamn spoilers, basically. Yeah, there's, there's been quite a few of them, hasn't there? Really so I has. guess, how has, how has your magic interaction been over this past week? Nearly zero, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just I've just been looking at a couple of spoilers, talking about some spoilers a bit. I uh, haven't played any magic. Um, haven't really done anything with magic. You know, I bought loads of shiny cards from Double Masters, and they're still sitting in the sleeves that they arrived in <laughs> I haven't even put them into the decks they were for uh, I did get to play some games of 40k though okay cool so that was sweet uh, my first ever games of 40k got completely destroyed was great, <laughs> had a great time uh, and it, obviously it was a lot more fun than I remember having had playing Magic you know yeah uh, it was just it's it's constant sort of engagement and it was you know we played for like two games over like four hours because we were both relatively new to the game uh, and it was just fun the entire time and it was cool. constantly sitting there and, you know actually doing stuff and and working stuff out yeah, it was fun uh, so you know me spending all my time assembling and painting models hasn't been for nothing good good <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. that yeah but I mean yeah my magic week has been pretty pretty non-existent to be honest with you. <laughs> How's how's your week been? Yeah, it's been fine. Been fine. Um, not a lot to report myself. I guess in, in terms of magic, I've played a little bit of arena, um, and I also did a Modern Horizons Supreme draft on Magic Online. So I streamed mm-hmm. that on Friday night, and I, I didn't do too well on it. I went one two in that, uh, but the format was sweet. It was really cool. So what the hell is a Supreme draft? So Supreme draft is the the 
bizarre Magic Online only draft format. Uh, so it is a solo draft where you're drafting 36 cards and you get two, so you get 18 boosters and you get two picks per booster. Okay. So they, they put one up last week, which was the Ravnica uh, Supreme Draft. So it was every set based on Ravnica, apart from War of the Spark, you would get 18 random packs of Ravnica sets and then you'd, you'd pick two cards from each pack and then build your deck with that. And obviously the Modern Horizons ones, it was just 18 packs of Modern Horizons, and you pick two cards at a time. So you have a relatively high power level deck? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there okay. was a lot more synergy in the Modern Horizons one than there was in the, the Ravnica one, which was obvious, obviously. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah, sure. But I think I think the Ravnica one was more fun in general, but I've, I definitely enjoyed the Modern Horizons one. I Sweet. ended up okay. playing, playing red-white slivers, which was was fine, it was pretty good. Um I like the games I lost were were fairly close, but like one of them, like my opponent just had a sick mill deck. Um, they had, I think it was five of the oh, what's it what's it called the crab, the ice whatever the ice crab crab's called. Oh, the four mana. Whenever a snow permit enters, they mill two, three. Yeah, I might mill yeah. two. Yeah. Yep. Can't remember what it's called. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to attempt it. But yeah, my opponent had five of those, and so that was that. Imagine being able to pick two cards from 18 fresh Modern Horizons boosters and yeah. intentionally picking five of those crabs. I guess um, you just... I mean, I guess it works. Yeah, yeah. They had the, Their deck was, was blue-green snow, and it was just like what felt like the perfect blue-green snow deck. Obviously, they'd taken a few of the, the snow lands as well, because you, ac- you get access to like one, well, at least one snow basic for every pack, too. Oh, that's true, yeah. So you can just, I guess, use a pick on for each of your lands if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Oh, that makes that makes that the snow deck, I guess, a little bit more achievable in that. Form yeah, than totally. It was a regular draft. The snow deck seemed fantastic. Then also played against an amazing blue black ninjas deck. That like again, they just had like all of the perfect ninjas and changelings. So uh, it was very very difficult to play against that deck. Man, I really want to play some Modern Horizons draft now. I yeah, Modern how good Horizons. It was. Modern Horizons Limited was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I definitely definitely think that. That is a, a draft I want to do again in the future. Have you got a box? I do, yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, I do. Maybe I'll buy another box. Yeah, what have you got in your calendar for 2025? <laughs> Who knows? We'll, we'll, meet, we'll meet up and do a draft. Who knows? Maybe I'll have gone to the end of my street by then. <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't don't push it too far. <laughs> uh, Sweet. Yeah, other than other than that, and, and I don't know, playing a couple of ladder games on, the, on Arena... That's been it. I think I've been mildly paying attention to the spoilers, but I think I'm just really looking forward to rotation at this point. Yeah, you and the, everyone else, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing that's really, really getting me, that will get me back in, engaged in the magic, I think. Get rotated, let's change standard up, let's get rid of Nyssa. That's what I want to see. How dare you? Oh, it's... It's yeah, it's a stupid card. It's it should so never be printed. I agree. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, you're right, but also <laughs> get rid of Inessa, get rid of Uro. I mean, Uro yeah. stays, but like at least, yeah, at least it doesn't mean turn four Ugans are going to be a thing every game now. Yeah, and you know, looking at Sendikar Rising, there doesn't appear to be a busted blue green mythic, so that's a bonus. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I guess that's probably going to be our, our main topic this week. We're going to be diving into a couple of Zendikar Rising cards and, and just talking about how we feel about the set. As as a whole, we've seen most of the set now. I guess as a time of recording, 
uh, we've got 252 out of 280 cards previewed we know tomorrow is the last day of previews and yeah I think we've got a mostly a, a good feel for what the set is like yeah I think so uh, and we certainly have some opinions about it I think <laughs> yeah I think so yeah uh, so I mean where do you want to start do you want to start with how we how we generally feel about the set yeah I, I think the so I think the set looks it looks good but I think the set is is something that seems I guess how do I phrase this I think the set looks good but I think the problem is that we're viewing it through a lens of every other set that's been released in the past 12 plus months so it yes. looks just relatively low powered and relatively underwhelming compared to everything else we've seen recently it looks a little anemic yeah you know for sure. you know a couple months ago when i said i really hope they just kill the power level for zendikar yep. rising and it would be a shame following from from battle zendikar over the gatewatch where it was really underpowered and everyone kind of hated it yeah looks like they've done that <laughs> yeah totally and not quite to the extent of battle for zendikar block but close enough yeah and i think that's fine i think that's good i just think it's quite hard to get excited when everything looks mediocre yeah yeah that's the thing like we we you know always complain about all these these pushed cards and your Uros and your okos and your once upon a times and, and what have you but at least those are exciting and generate some chat yeah <laughs> whereas sure. this is just not like oh these are interesting and like kind of cool designs i guess but uh, there's nothing like oh i'm really excited to play this in standard or yeah. modern, or legacy, or pioneer, or historic. <laughs> um, that, that's it, 100%. Like, I think there's there's some pretty good cards here, and I think standard's going to be you know, a, lot, a lot better than it has been recently, at the very least. But yeah, I don't feel like a lot of it is exciting, outside of things like, like I, know, I guess, like a handful of mythics, maybe, and the fact that you've got lands which are spells and spells which are lands I think that's exciting but more so because it's a, it's a new thing we've never seen before and it's really interesting design space yeah uh, I think I don't think I'm wrong in saying that this set is heavily biased towards commander yeah I mean 2020 is the era of commander isn't exactly. it exactly and it's a shame that I guess one of the sets of this year gets sort of pushed towards that commander bias but we just we have so many legendary creatures some of which are doing things that we haven't really seen before, or like maybe you have some new design space for for colour pairs or, or, or what have you. We have, you know, four car Armnath, which is always a commander plant, right? Yeah. Um, we have some pretty stupid artifacts <laughs> that, that do some stupid things that are almost certainly only applicable in commander. Um, yeah, and you know, you've got big big silly rares and mythics that, that do fun stuff that I would be surprised if they broke it into uh, constructive formats but we'll definitely see playing commander all over the place so yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of good in one in, in one sense but kind of bad in another in that it doesn't really appeal to your constructive players but yeah. you know they know that they need to push cards to, to commander players right that's that's where they make most of their money and it is the Euro commander so they're just putting in loads of really big stupid mythics that appeal to people like me <laughs> yeah I, I think that's a fair take definitely um but yeah, I, I think I think overall it is, it's a good thing that this set appears to be on the sort of lower power level. Like when you compare it to things recently, uh, I think that's that's good. You know, we were talking about that before that you need to have you need to have troughs and peaks, and if this is going to be 
you know, a trough on the power level for a little while, that's totally fine. And that's good, that's, that's good. I'd rather see, you know, one of these sets every now and then than just every set just just being in power creep. And yeah, it's, it's difficult to get excited, but I think it it looks like it's going to be, you know, it's a good it's a good signpost for standard I think, which is, which is what you want. Like standard is is meant to be your your bread and butter competitive format, and it certainly doesn't feel like it has been for quite some time now. Many players wanting to play other things or just not enjoying the format or wanting to play the format. So yeah, if yeah. we can if we can get standard back to you know the standard that it has been for the longest time, then I think that's a good thing. Even if that does mean yeah. some, some less exciting cards, at least for now. I think it's it's just very jarring to have a trough, and it's not it's not a trough as as low as stuff like Ixalan or Battle of Zendikar. Oh, honestly, yeah. fully agree. They're definitely a higher power level than those two sets, but it's jarring to see quite a substantial drop off from the top end of powerful mythics and rares, Euros, Teferis, etc. Uh, after such a long peak, <laughs> you know, we feels yeah. like we've been trending up on power level and and, and pushing pushing the power group on cards for so long that to finally dip down after I mean when was when did War of the Spark come out which is you know the start of this process May uh, last year or something yeah, yeah like after after you know 18 months of pushed pushed power level to see something sort of come down it feels like it's crashing down to yeah. a lower power level even though this is probably the power level we want all along like if you release this directly after Ravica Allegiance we probably will be fine and this would just be the power level of cards, but the fact you've pushed it so high up to now come back down to this feels feels a little weird, a little jarring. But it's not. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just like you said, it's difficult to get excited about these things when they're kind of all a little bit less flashy and ridiculous as we're used to at the moment. Yeah. I mean, then again, we could be wrong because we all missed a few cards, right? <laughs> that ended up breaking <laughs> formats in half. So um, maybe we're wrong, and there's you know there's a card here that just destroys everything and. In six months' time, we'll be calling for it to be banned and reboard of it, and we'll have all the same, you know, repeat that same cycle we have for, the, for you know, six or seven cards in the last. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> there are definitely some, there are definitely some cards that seem quite strong, and then there's, there's you know, there's potentially a, a build around win condition as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's it's like you know something like Throne of Eldraine, where like one of the best decks in standard is made up entirely out of cards from that set. I don't think we're going to see anything like that, like that anytime soon. Yeah, I think also, uh, even though we've got a return of landfall, it feels like landfall is is a bit is is, is sort of sided more to the the big, powerful, flashy cards and doing yeah. things there rather than you know, we have a step links analog in red, right, and stuff like that. But there's less middling landfall cards. There's just sort of like here's a big mythic with landfall on it, and, and yeah, I, guess I, it's I, Cobra. I, I like to think that we've we've landfall. Like they know that it's a mechanic that is very easy to get wrong. I think like it's one of those mechanics that if they if they put like you know like the slightly overpowered effect on a on a slightly undercosted card, then things could go very very wrong very very quick. Like just getting free effects and free spells for playing the land for playing the game. Is uh, is something that they they don't have a particularly good track record with currently. Uh, I think they're yeah. It's quite a quite a cautious mechanic, and I I'd much rather they be on these these big expensive cards and you know difficult to do flashy effects than just be on you know field of the dead. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad there isn't a Field of Dead type card here where there definitely could have been. Valakut Mark II, there could have definitely been yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, let's go through some of the cards, I guess, uh, even if they are a little bit underwhelming. Um, but I mean, I mean, there's lots of cards I'm specifically quite excited for. Um, yeah, the, same. The, the big mythics mainly. <laughs> there's definitely there's a few cards that I think are, are good and, and powerful and will see play. So I don't know if you want to go through those or do you want to go through the, the big dumb silly ones first. I mean, I can just talk about all the cards I'm going to put on my commander decks, can't I? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you've got ancient, uh, ancient Green Warden, which is six mana for a five-seven with reach. Obviously, uh, you may play lands from your graveyard, and if a land enters the battlefield, causes a triggered ability for permanent you control to trigger. That triggers an additional time. Land harmonicon. Land harmonicon. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, this does everything I want to do on a commander card. I'm going to put it in my tattoo over deck, and I'm going to play it once, and then everyone's going to hate me, and then I'm going to take it out of the deck. Five-seven. It's perfect. Five-five-seven. Five, a perfect rating. Uh, yeah, and then there's Leyline Tyrant, which is the dragon that uh, means you don't lose unspent red mana. You have Marog, Fury of Akum. Right? Yeah. Did I just butcher every word in that in that name? <laughs> <laughs> that has Landfall get an extra combat step. I'm excited for that. There's a new Tazri that that isn't as good as the last Tazri because it doesn't come with food chain. There's Angel of Destiny, which is a mythic that doesn't really do anything for constructive formats, but it's clearly there for Commander. See, I think that's a build-around standard deck right there, mono-white, because you also have another... There's the other one from the core set that makes angels. Sure. I'm not sure where you're gaining the life from currently, but... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, from that itself, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's an interesting design, but it's clearly there for Commander, and someone's going to play it in Commander. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's basically it. I mean, this is the thing, like, you've got a Shire, which is kind of crap, but clearly there for Commander purposes. It's That's, that's the theme of the set, is these interesting Commander cards, rather than, you know... Building things for standard, I guess. Yeah. Probably like Lotus Cobra, I guess. <laughs> Lo I'm sure Lotus Cobra into Uro is probably. I don't know. I think we've definitely got some some standard players for sure. So I think f for me, the first one that really jumps out as a big standard player is Nighthawk Scavenger. It's one black black for a vampire rogue, flying, death touch, and lifelink. And its power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards. And it's a 1 3. Ah, I think something like that is is probably going to see a decent amount of standard play. Like especially when you you think about a lot of stuff that's rotating and the the cards and sets that are going to be left. Like escape is definitely going to be featured. I think on a lot more a lot more cards and a lot more strategies than we've seen recently. So people are going to be wanting to put cards into graveyards, and this is going to be good against those types of decks. I'm not so sure. I, yep. I honestly don't. I don't think standard has been about playing a, a, a an efficient creature and attacking for a while. It hasn't been, but maybe it will be. Yeah, maybe. But I'd rather just play an Euro deck. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the problem with this. Like, I'd rather yeah. play an Euro deck and then play some of the, I guess, slightly cheaper landfall cards and see what happens with that, rather than playing one black black for a 
Flying Count Atomagoyf, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like it's probably going to be a 3 3 most of the time. It also doesn't increase toughness, which is, I mean, one of the the, the most stupid things about Atomagoyf historically yeah. is that it also buffs its toughness, so it's it, it can brawl in combat all the time and just yeah. brick wall things. This can't really brick wall things, it can trade because it has death touch. But it, it doesn't get any uh, a boost on the on the toughness, which is you know a problem. Yeah, um, and yeah, like I can't see. I mean, it might be like a three mana five three, but is that good enough? When it can just die to any kind of removal spell, it's not like it's doing anything particularly interesting. It's, I mean, yeah, sure, it dies to removal, but you know, it's also a it's a rogue. So there are other rogues in this set that want to do rogue things. So I don't know, maybe it has some application with other, other rogues. It's got lifelink, and you know, we've seen that angel plus uh, the speaker of the heavens from, from M21, which cares about, about life and making angels. If you've got at least seven more life, then you start on life total. Uh, there's also like a thieves guild enforcer, that's a rogue, so it could fit into that deck. Uh, you've got Vito. Vito's a vampire. Maybe you can do vampire stuff. Vito's also a cleric as well, so maybe there's vampire, vampire party cleric. shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually quite a big deal. The fact that Vito's a cleric. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I think it's. I think it's interesting that the most interesting rogue we have is Rob Buderich, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Casmet rogues, and there aren't any rogues in red in this set. <laughs> and re- like, it's yeah, there's, there's relic, relic robber. Relic robber's a rogue. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is it good? No, well, I don't know. It's strange. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you know a goblin I mean, like, construct. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, it, 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 there's there's this sort of like cool mythic from a past set that has rogue, and then you're returning to rogues, and rogues might be important, yeah. and then they don't really mesh together that well. It's just kind of kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that card's okay. I don't think it's going to be as good as I don't think it's as close to Tarmogoyf as people think it is. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely not Tarmogoyf, but I think it's going to be playable and standard. He's is my take, I think, there, definitely. Uh, another card that I think is definitely going to be standard playable, uh, another black card, it's Shadow's Verdict. So three black black for sorcery. Exile all creatures and planeswalkers with converted mana cost three or less from the battlefield, and all creature and planeswalker cards with converted mana cost three or less from all graveyards. For when you really want to get rid of Uro. There's your Uro killer, there's your Croxa killer, there's your one that I can never remember the name of from the, the, the sacrifice deck. Which one? Uh, the black one. When it enters the battlefield, it makes a goat from Theros Beyond Death. Oh, Worst Rider. That's the one, yeah. Worst Rider, yeah. Sure, yeah, it does that. I mean, if you want to cast a five mana wrath that doesn't actually kill everything, I guess. <laughs> Seems okay. It deals uh, with graveyard stuff, and that's you know that's such a, such a big, or at least has been such a, such a big issue. Um, I think when this card was designed, they clearly had had Oko in mind as well. Like Oko was standard legal when this card was designed, like in in their in their thinking, because um, obviously this deals with Oko quite nicely too. But yeah, I I think that I think this is definitely going to be playable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depends how good some kind of. Uh, I, I think that the problem is like. Dep- depends how good Uro card. is. Like, like, like y- yeah. We know Uro's. Uro's gonna be gonna be everywhere at least in in the early days of the format, and this deals with Uro's in graveyards, and that's that's what you're gonna have to do, unfortunately. Kills sure, Goose as well. It, yeah. Yeah. 
I just think the Uridex just go over the top of this by the time you have 5 mana. Yeah. Like, if you're taking turn 5 to tap out for a Wrath, that sure, deals with their things, but they, they could just have a whole bunch of other stuff, no? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's certainly very obvious what this card is used for and, and where, where you're going to play it and where you're yeah. going to want to play it. I'm just not sure it's as exciting as I mean if, if Oka was still a thing and this was a, like a hard answer to it then sure but uh, that's not the world we live in <laughs> because wizards keep making mistakes and having to correct themselves before the cards that deal with those mistakes come out that is a, yeah. a fun a fun thing that Watson's been doing for years now where they print something and think oh yeah in 12 months time <laughs> we'll have an answer for that problem and then in, in in the interim, they have to get rid of that because it's too much of a problem to be dealt with, even by the card that specifically targets it. Yeah. Cool. What what other what cards are you, yeah, are you interested I, in? I think it's decent. I think when you you look at some of the rafts that are rotating out as well, like you're gonna you're gonna need some some playable cards, and I think you know maybe we see maybe we just see like like black white take the take the control. Shell and, and this is going to be playable on that, so I I think it's good. I think it, I think it is going to be a player, even though it you know it's underwhelming compared to a lot of things that we've seen. And yeah, it doesn't kill everything, but when you look at at least in standard currently, how many good powerful cards or three CMC or less, I think it's going to be a role player. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you you could be right. I just wasn't. I I think maybe it's a little bit underwhelming, even if it is incredibly targeted towards some specific. Potential problems in the format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else for in terms of constructed cards? So, another card that I I quite like uh, is Thieving Skydiver. It's one blue from a folk rogue. Uh, it's a two one. It has kicker X X can't be zero. It has flying, and when Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact or convert mana cost X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. I like that there are barely, barely any playable equipments in this set. <laughs> when equipment's meant to be a theme. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a bizarre, underwhelming amount of equipment that we've seen from the set. I think for for me and I guess a lot of other people, I instantly were, my thought is, oh, this this might be potentially vintage playable or legacy playable. Uh, the fact that kicker uh, kicker X uh, X can't be zero. But the ability cares about X or less, so you can you can kick it for one, so you can pay three mana, uh, and then you can take control of something like a like a hanger back walker, or a walking ballista, or in vintage you've got Sol Ring, you've got Moxon, uh, you've got Black Lotus, or Sensei Divine on top if your opponent doesn't know how to play properly. <laughs> yeah, there's always that out. <laughs> I like cards that punish your opponent for being an idiot. Yeah, for sure. So I think. I don't know. I think in in vintage, Dark Faden's probably just always going to be better for three mana. But I don't know. Maybe this is playable in Legacy. I mean, Dark Faden doesn't attack for two in here. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I think my I think my problem with it is that I wish it had flash. I think if it had flash, then it would be a lot more powerful. Maybe it did at a certain time. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I kind of like the idea in Legacy of. Paying four mana for this to steal an equipment Ajite. Mm. 
not that Jesus yeah, is seeing a lot sure. of play right now, but I quite like that kind of stuff for playing five mana and stealing a, a, a sword. I guess yeah, that's kind of interesting in modern as well. But like five mana just to steal a sword of fire and ice is, eh. yeah, yeah, for sure. Just play a Dark Faden. Just just play a Dark Faden. <laughs> Like I said, that thing doesn't doesn't have a two in the air, so yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe that, maybe that's relevant, right? You've got to get your chippings in, especially yeah, vintage. True. Yeah, cool. Lotus Cobra is the obvious one that's going to see standard play because because it, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, glad Just, we don't have uh, we don't have growth spiral in the format. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no growth spiral, but we've got we've got Uro. Lotus Cobra. Yep, we've got Uro. We've got yeah, the Goose is still here as well. Yeah, Gilded Goose into Lotus Cobra into Uro. How can you lose? <laughs> uh, I guess Ruin Crab is probably worth mentioning as well. So we've got Ruin Crab. It is blue for a zero three crab and has landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. Each opponent mills three cards. So now you can play eight crab in modern if that's the thing that you want to do. Twelve crab. Twelve crab. Well, yeah, the crab, the crab you just mentioned in the in the, the snow one from Modern Horizons. Oh yeah, the snow one. There we go. Twelve crab. Have all yeah, twelve crabs. crabs. I mean, one of them costs four mana, but <laughs> yeah, you just you can like, play twelve crabs if you want. All your basics are snow basics anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I think this is cool. It's uh, not strictly better or strictly worse hedron crab. Yeah. It's a different hedron crab that does a very similar thing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it can't it can't mill you, which is what the hedron crab has been used in modern for recently. Yeah. The crab yeah. deck and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like being able to, I mean, hedron crab was played in the mill deck. The modern mill deck. Not that that deck's particularly good, but it was. So if you get more copies of it, and it doesn't target either, so they can't lay on of sanks to it, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like yeah, and it, it's, good. it's each opponent as well. So you know, commander, I guess. Yeah. If, if you really want to try and mill out a hundred card deck, if you want to be an ass and have <laughs> everyone hate you, I mean, I guess what we're talking about milling, yeah. you can also talk about maddening cacophony. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, one in a blue, each opponent mills eight cards, and you can kick it for an additional three in a blue, and if they if it was kicked instead, each opponent mills half their library rounded up. Yeah. So you, you have a traumatized that's also kind of similar to Glimpsy Unthinkable, yeah. but easier to cast. So, I mean, maybe Modern Mill does a thing. Maybe there's a Pioneer Mill deck with Fraying Sanity in this. Uh, and Yeah, possibly. Yeah, You've got um, Sphinx's Tutelage, I guess, as well. Um yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a pioneer mill deck there, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there is. Yeah, I mean, they, used, they used to be a pioneer mill deck, but it was a self mill uh-huh. deck, and then they banned Inverter Truth. Yes, they did. <laughs> that wasn't milling. That was exiling your library. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. There's a couple of mill plants in here. Like, yeah, there's just like a couple of cards that aggressively mill your opponent, and that's yeah. it. It's not like a theme anywhere. I guess it, maybe they were excited to use the. Yeah, the keyword mill. So they just put a yeah, couple of things probably. in. And I think I think uh what was it called? Ruin Crab? Crab or something? Yeah. Crab. Ruin Crab. Um I, I think that's that card exemplifies why I like this set so much, even if the power level is a little bit underwhelming. Uh is that there are so many callbacks in this set in art and in flavour to original Zenica. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you know, I spoke last week about maybe the week before about how much I love Zendikar just as a plane and I think this is a really thematic set yeah uh, for, for in, in, from that point of view so obviously you've got Rain Grab you've got literal Lotus Cobra um, got and Scoot, just, Scoot Swarm that's quite a good one yeah which is uh, a better Scoot mob I guess <laughs> it costs three yeah probably one, but yeah it, it's better like 
there are just so many different references to cards you obviously have on that. Uh, you have. Uh, I mean, even going back to, to Scoot Swarm, the uh, the flavor text on that is Survival Rule 782. There are always more Scoot mugs. Uh, yes. And the flavor text on Scoot on Scoot Mob is Survival Rule 781. There are always more Scoot bugs. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Like that's what I really like. Um, I mean, we've got another Limbana card. We've got another yeah. Akiri card, which is very interesting for Commander. It's a red-white equipment Commander. That's cool. Um, we have Nahiri actually being on her home plane. You have Forsaken Monument, which I think is a really interesting card. But it's just a picture of a monument to Ulabog. And it's got really beautiful art, and it exemplifies yeah, everything I love sure. about Zendikar. Um, I mean, just, just the fact that we've got like lands that are spells and spells that are lands is just so thematic for Zendikar and I think it's yeah. I think it's like even if the cars aren't pushed to a power level that is interesting or exciting I think the the theme and the flavour throughout the set is just spot on honestly and you've, you, you've you've just got references all over the place to loads of different parts of Zendikar that are really popular why it's such a beloved plane yeah definitely I think I think something that is missing for me is is wastes I think I would I would have liked to see, you know, if not a new wastes basic land art, some sort of reference to to wastes. So you can see you can see the wastes in some of the art. I think one of one piece of art I really like from the set is for, uh, Skyclave Shade. I uh, just like the regular version of that. So for a start, darkens back. So that's cool, uh, and that is it's a shade, and it definitely looks like it's on some sort of like floating bismuth rock. Which was obviously Kozilek's thing. Yeah, it looks very similar to some of the Eldrazi art from Over the Gatewatch. Yeah, definitely. It's like a similar. To, I mean, it looks kind of like um, Inverter of Truth. It's kind of yeah, similar in art, bit, yeah. in in, in uh, composition for the art. But yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, speaking of references to all cards, do, do you like Wayward Guide Beast? Oh yeah. Do you like Do you like Goblin Guide Mark Two? <laughs> it's exactly as good as Goblin Guide in every possible way. I mean, it's got let's, a Goblin Guide on it. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's let's talk about this card. Okay, I mean, this is going to be the the crux of the episode. I think sure. <laughs> you're just moaning about how bad this card is for the next it's, ten minutes. It's it's yeah. I think it's 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 obviously it's very obvious to compare it to Goblin Guide because it's it's you pay one red mana for a two to you with haste, uh, but. I don't think this is a card that you want to be playing on turn one. Like this, definitely is not Goblin Guide. I don't think this is a card that an aggro deck wants. I certainly don't think that this is a card that you can play on turn two and then, or, yeah, you can attack with it on turn three and then bounce a land back to your hand for free mana. That's for free a, mana. that's a take I saw for free mana. Yeah. I mean, it will do that in the way that Scrib Ranger gives you free mana or Quirion Ranger gives you free mana, right? In that if you miss your land drop, you can attack with this. And if it doesn't get blocked on turn three by something bigger than a 2-2, you can replay that land. Then it's like you have four mana if you use that mana before and didn't actually need four mana, you needed three, then one. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't think this card is good. And I think this card plays a completely different role. I think this is a yeah. this is a one mana aggro card that you want to play on turn like turn ten. You want to swing in with it, and then it's going to deal damage because your opponent's going to block your I don't know your six six whatever. They're not going to take. They're not going to be bothered about taking two damage. Uh, 
and it's going to return a land to your hand. The land it's going to return to your hand is going to be a spell on the other side. I think that's what this card is going to be doing, if it does anything, just bouncing back those those spell lands, those creature lands. Uh, you know, these, these new interesting dual face cards that we're seeing in this set. I think that's what this card is here for. Yeah, I really like the idea of on turn ten casting a one drop, and then hopefully getting through with a two two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in order to in order to pick up my shatter skull the hammer pass right. Yeah. Um, I guess that's that's kind of what it does. I mean, that's interesting. Um, I I do like that it it, it kind of is an, an analog to to goblin guide because like oh, yeah. first of all the arts also by Philip Burbrand who did yeah. the art for the master sets. Yeah, the art's great the, for sure, definitely. Yeah, including the box stopper for double masters. Uh, that's clearly Goblin Guide in the back, running yep. away, and this is the guide beast, so it's a beast that he was companioned with, right? Yeah. He's trying to guide him, and then instead of your opponent maybe drawing a land, you lose a land. Right, so I understand, like, it's a cool reference to it, and this is what I mean about the set, just like there's so many interesting callbacks to original Zendikar. But yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> it's not very good, but I think it's, it's I think it's a cool design. These are my favorite kind of cards. They're just like, oh, this is a bit bad, but I like. Yeah, that's I like it. The I, I'm, went into it. I'm all for interesting designs, like 100. percent Like, yeah, I, I I love I love designs like this. Definitely, like don't get me wrong, but I I just don't think this card is going to play the role that a lot of people seem to assume that it's going to play. Like, this is not Goblin Guide. Please do not play this on turn one and then attack with it. Playing mono one drops and never want a two spell. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> play like ten lands in your deck, sure. sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not a particularly good card, but it's it's cool. It's a cool design. I, it's kind of cute. Like obviously, like I said, there was a, there's a red step links that is step links but red, which I think is an interesting card. I think that's possibly quite playable. But I guess you can get a bit cute where you attack with this and then you get to bounce a land so the next turn you can play that land and trigger the landfall on your, your step links card. Yeah. Which is, you know, a thing you can do. Uh, a Coombe Hellhound. So uh, I guess that's a thing you, you, you could do. I guess that's part of the, the joke, I guess. It's all part of the puzzle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's part I of just, it. Yeah, I just I don't know how good it is or whether it'll be that yeah. playable but you know we'll see time will tell yeah definitely but yeah like like I said the, the power level is kind of underwhelming in the set which is good which is what I want it's, it's exactly what I called for yeah it was exactly my cold shot just make everything a little bit bad and again it's a shame that it's Zendikar and we aren't returning to the glory of Zendikar when it was you know Zendikar Worldwake Rise of the Eldrazi and it, it, it's not going to live up to that obviously but that's fine. We need it. We need. We need a goddamn palette cleanser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I don't think it dips as low as Ixlan. I don't think it's as going to be as underwhelming as that because there are some cool, interesting cards here that might do some powerful stuff. Yeah. I, I think. I think that's. I think Ixlan is probably. Probably a fair set to compare it to. I think, while Oof. the the power level in general is is quite high. There are definitely some interesting playable cards. I think if even if you think back to Ixalan, like you've got stuff like, um, like uh, what was it called? Like the the white enchantment. It's kind of the cards tonight. Yeah, you got Legion's Landing. You got Search for Iskander. You've got all all of those like interesting cards that we've never really seen anything like mm -hmm. before. I think sure that's definitely a feature of this set as well. And yeah, I, I do like that about it definitely. I mean, you've got. You've, you've got some cards that I wouldn't be surprised if they saw some play. You've got Magmatic Channeler, which is certainly interesting. Like it could be a two mana four four. Yeah. Uh, especially in older formats, it could definitely be a two mana four four. Um, you've got 
Scourge of the Skyclaves, which is really bad Death Shadow. If you want really that bad Death, bad death Shadow, uh, you've, you've got Jace, which could be interesting, right? You've yeah, got yeah, I think so. I think you know maybe there is something with uh, Teferi's Ageless Insight with with Jace because that seems that seems good if you can pay uh, like five mana once and draw four cards every turn. Yeah, it's possibly going to yeah. be a thing, especially yeah. if if Mono Blue Mill does turn out to be a thing. Because yeah, you've co- got couple that with uh, Teferi's whatever the Teferi Mill one is. Teferi's Tutelage, that's the one. Couple yeah. that with Teferi's Tutelage and your opponent's just milling you know, a load of their deck. Yeah, you've got Legion Angel. Yeah. So when it ends the battlefield you can get another Legion Angel. So you can you can do the the uh, what's it called? I can picture the card. Core Blade. What's it called? What's the bird called? Uh, ooh, uh, Christ. Um, Sky Squadron Hawk. No. Squadron, Squadron Hawk. Hawk. God, a professional magic the gathering podcast. <laughs> you can do a Squadron Hawk type thing, which I, which is interesting, but it's you know four mana four three, which is slightly more interesting. Yeah, for sure. And you don't have to put some bad cards in your deck. Um, it, yeah, there's 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 that. There's Cragplate Balath. You like Cragplate yeah. Balath? I guess I guess the really obvious one that we haven't talked about yet is Feed the Swarm. Uh, so it's one the black for sorcery. Destroy target creature or enchantment an opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost. That card isn't good. Uh, it's well, it's it's interesting. It's targeted yes. enchantment removal in black. It's yeah. a very black way of doing it, and I think that's good. I think that's fine. Uh, it's I don't know. Do you do you reckon it's playable in Death Shadow? No. No. Probably not. It's a sorcery. It that is. really lets uh, it down. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And sometimes it just doesn't work. Like, sometimes you'll really need a removal spell and you've drawn this and you're on two. Yeah. And you literally can't kill what's on the can't, other side. Yeah. I mean, I was about to commend them for finally finding a way to make enchantment removal feel black, but losing life equals as a converted mana cost is a thing that's could have done in alpha, so... <laughs> like, they definitely could have printed this card in alpha and it would have been... Uh, it would have made sense. But yeah, we've got targeted enchantment removal. I guess your mana black EDH decks now have targeted enchantment removal. Yeah. So that's cool if you wanted that, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like I said, interesting cards, but there's a couple cards that I'm going to be you know, excited to open in packs, and the rest of them are going to be kind of mediocre, I think. Um, I mean, you, you talk about Skyclave pickaxe for a bit. Yeah, go for it. I, I want to know your thoughts on that, definitely. Yeah, it's a single green for an artifact equipment. When it enters battlefield, attach to type creature you control. It's landfall. When it lands a battlefield under your uh, control, equipped creature gets plus two plus two. Turn to turn. And it also re equips for a two in the green. So I, I, I kind of want to play this in infect. Yeah. Groundswell has been terrible to kind of good in infect for a long time now. Uh, again, like there's kind of a callback to it, right? Um, and I think this is interesting. I think being able to have like a slow kill opportunity in infect is is something that the decks wanted because you know we've got the explosive kills with um well I really can't remember cards either because not become immense what's the other one scale up <clears throat> you've had the combo potential with scale up and a plus four spell for a while so you have your explosive turn two kills if you manage to land it yeah. and also being able to put it into the into the late game um is good and like you know obviously fetch lands of which you're playing a load uh, plus four, plus four. Yeah, which is what the deck wants to do for zero mana. And obviously, you have to you know pay the mana to put it into play and equip it, but it equips for free. So I, I kind of like that as just being able to maybe grind out with this card, or also have the big 
where you just keep a couple of fetch lands back and then you just get to smash them in the face with a lot of, with a lot of poison counters. Yeah, totally. I think I think that card's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think this is the thing with every card I talk about. It's just like oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure if it's good. <laughs> yeah. Like even, yeah, even the planeswalkers, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is good, but it's interesting. Like like we said, Nissa, uh, black green Nissa, which is cool, with landfall, which is cool. Um, and it's it, it does Nissa things. Yeah. But she's also got black mana, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I think you're right. I think that's that's pretty much the the take on it that I have really like it's it's interesting it's it's not very exciting but it's definitely interesting I think my favourite thing about the set is the blue green uncommon yeah <laughs> which is one <laughs> one green blue for a 2-4 beast it can tap to add a green or a blue and whenever you cast a kick spell you gain 2 life seems like it's going to be great and limited I'm so glad that doesn't say draw a card <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's definitely a world in which that says whenever you cast a kick spell draw a card Draw a card, three gain three life, put a land on the battlefield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I like that. that doesn't do anything. But yeah, I mean the party cards are kind of interesting. I don't think any of them are remotely playable. Yeah, we've got I, a couple I cards that are just, all creature types. I I don't even think it's interesting. I think it's just allies of extra steps. Yeah, like, even if you look at like steps. they've got their own base camp as well. They've got their own land base camp. You can tap it for a colorless, or you can tap it to add one mana of any color. Spend this mana only to cast a cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard spell, or activate an ability of cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard. It's just yeah. a lie encampment with slightly different yeah. text. Yeah, basically. Which is fine. Yeah, totally. It's definitely fine. Yeah. Right, I it's guess. Fine, but not exciting. Before we finish talking about Zendikar Rising, we should probably talk about the basic lands, right? Uh, we, we can do. I was going to talk about some other lands, but yeah, we can talk about the basic lands. Do you want to talk about some other lands before we get to the yeah. basic lands? Go on, go on. I guess go for the basics first, and then we'll, and we'll, we'll save the fun stuff. Okay, now this is going to be fun. So, in a normal standard set of Magic the Gathering, yep. how many basic land arts are there for each for each basic land type? Typically four. How many are there in the Zendikar Rising? Three. <laughs> that were printed <laughs> into the set. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Bradley definitely had his cards cut. <laughs> yeah, I 100% reckon that Noah Bradley did a, a cycle of basic lands, and yeah. they were not included for obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, what I found is really funny as well is that the artists for all these because we've got full up full up basics right we, yeah. we need that uh, my favourite thing about this is all the all the basic lands are illustrated by the people that did them last time for Battle of Zendikar of which yeah. Noah Bradley of which Noah Bradley was one <laughs> and he got his cards cut because that man's career is over because yeah like I, fu- I fully assume that's the case but I wonder if we'll ever see the see the art surface I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. Uh, yeah. It turns out if you're a bad person, you don't get to do the things you want to do anymore. Yeah. Which is correct. Uh, but the arts we do have are incredible. These are the nicest full art Zendikar lands we've had. I think these are the ni- in terms of art. I really hate the border. I really hate this this full art border. Yeah. But in terms of art, these are like easily the best uh, full art lands we've had. They're so nice. And like I said before, with I mean, the callbacks, some of these callbacks Zendikar are previous ones, Zendikar lands. quite probably. But I mean, yeah, I think the thing sure. with the Zendikar lands, the Zendikar lands were the most recent full art lands, like the original Zendikar ones. Yeah, the most recent full art lands when I started playing Magic. Yeah. So they were just exciting. They were this thing that no one really had, and they were kind of expensive at the time. So they just had this like air of of importance to them. Yeah, for and, sure. And for that reason, they're still my favorites, and I still use them in all my decks. Like the Veronique Maynard ones, are the ones I always use. 
but these ones are really really nice I think I like these all a lot more than the Battle of Zendikar versions and some of them kind of call back to Zendikar ones like we've got a Bucket Island again but I yeah. prefer this Bucket Island quite a lot some of them look like ones done by previous artists there's a swamp that looks like the original John Avon Zendikar one the original John Avon Zendikar mountain and the Veronique Maillard forest they all look very very similar <clears throat> and they just look really nice they're really nice pieces of art um, and it's a shame that we get Fallout Basics every two weeks and they're, they're no longer exciting or interesting in any kind of way but I think they're really really nice how cool would yeah. it have been if, if, if we hadn't had Fallout Lands this entire time and the last time we had Fallout Lands was Battle of Zendikar um, I would I, be a little bit disappointed that we didn't get the Hour of Devastation Fallout, Fallout Lands but yeah if if there'd been no Theros ones if there'd been no uh, unhinged ones, if there'd been no unsanctioned ones, if there'd been no uh, Modern Horizons ones, if there'd been no Godzilla ones, if there'd been no... there's got to be at least another one. No, I don't think so. No? Okay, well, yeah, well, that's an abundance anyway. If they hadn't happened, then yeah, I would be, I'd be pretty excited. It'd be a lot more exciting. I'm definitely yeah. going to pick up a lot of these, because they're really, really nice. I'm very excited to play these in Commander decks. Now let's talk about other lands, I guess. <laughs> yes, so I guess... We did talk about them briefly last week, but I think we should talk a bit more about them this time. It's the Zendikar Expeditions, so we can't talk about the set without talking about them. Yes. So we we know what all of them are now at this point, and I I think this is a, a really, really good selection of, of lands. Every one of these sees play in formats where, where they're legal, um, and yeah, I think, I think people are... I don't know if this, if this is going to be a, a hot take or not, but I think people are really, really underestimating the amount of cards, or I guess the amount of these that are going to be in circulation. Yeah. Yeah. There are going to be more of these than original expeditions. Oh, absolutely. So, original expeditions, uh, you got 1.5 expeditions per case of six booster boxes. Uh, with these, you get one expedition per booster box so that's going to be six in a case uh, but then we also have set boosters they're a new thing now and you get one per box of set boosters and then we also have collector boosters and you get two of them in a box of collector boosters and then collector booster packs themselves you've got a one in six chance of getting a foil one and you get 12 boosters in a pack so well 12 boosters in a box so you know on average you're probably going to get two of them per box so if you get one collector booster booster box you're going to end up with four of these two foil, two non-foil most likely do these only exist in English? Uh, no they don't do they exist in Japanese? Uh, I'm unsure I think I think they do because if they do I'm going to need some Japanese wastelands yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> the wasteland's so nice. Yeah, so the only ones that I've seen for sale currently uh, have been in English, but I'm fairly certain they said they were going to be in other languages on on stream. Yeah, because I, bo- yeah, I have to I have to double check that, but I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they appear in other languages too. Because box toppers previously have uh, appeared in, in the language of the box that you get them in. Yeah. So like Japanese Akoria boxes had Japanese box toppers. So I'm hoping so. So, I mean, this is. I mean, it's not a meaningful reprint in the way that we definitely just want Scott and Tarn to be in a booster pack. Booster pack, please just give us the, give us the. Reprint. Yeah. So that's it. Like, I don't think this is a this is a meaningful reprint in that set. But I think, 
this is the thing that is going to enable the Modern Horizons reprint to be a meaningful reprint. Um, I think the fact that standard sets are, are the term used is printer demand, which that doesn't necessarily mean what it says on the tin, but it means that they have more than one print run and there's going to be a lot of them. And each standard, you know, each draft booster box is going to contain one of these. So there are going to be multiple print runs of these. So this is not just going to be like a one and done thing. They're going to print them for as long as they, as long as Zendikar Rising keeps selling and there's demand for the product. And I think because these exist, there is always going to be demand for the product. People are going to buy multiple boxes, crack them, and, and there's going to be a lot of these in circulation. I really think people are underestimating at this point. I yep. think if you you look at like, so I was having a look at the, the pre-order prices for them on uh, Star City Games today. I was just curious to see what they were pre-ordering at. Uh, and when you compare them to what the previous expeditions were, like I know you shouldn't compare them to previous expeditions because because there are not. There's 1.5 of them per case and there's six of these per case. It's it's kind of mind-blowing how cheap they are compared to those. So Scalding yeah. Tarn, for example, and Pluto, and Pluto Delta, they, the pre-order price on Star City Games currently is $79.99. I can see that going down. Yeah, me too. When you think about like at this at this point, what the original expeditions were pre-ordering on Star City, like Pluto Delta was two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mind blowing when you think about it like that. And like it it makes sense because there are there's going to be an abundance of these compared to what there were original expeditions. But I think there's going to be enough of these to to keep Scalding Tarn, to keep this fancy special full art version of Scalding Tarn at a reasonable price for a fancy full art special version, which hopefully that should mean that when the Modern Horizons 2 reprint comes along, that'll bump down the price to to, to a, a proper good accessible price for you know a lot more players. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um... Like if, if, the, if the fancy if the fancy full art special version is let's say fifty dollars by the time the Modern Horizons two reprint comes along, then you can easily see them see it drop into twenty dollars. If you know, probably not long term, probably won't hold that, but that's considerably lower than it has been on previous reprints. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, was, uh, this is something that um, I've talked about on the Scourge Divas podcast that came out this week. Um, I mean, definitely go listen to that anyway because it's an excellent podcast. Um, but yeah, talking about just how many of these cards are going to exist, like there will be more polluted deltas printed this year than Force of Wars. Yeah, hundred percent. Which which is in Double Masters. In yeah, two different ways. So, yeah, there are going to be a lot of these cards, and it's going to be an affordable pimp option, I guess, if you, if you really yeah. want fancy, fancy lands. I think so for for sure, and I, I think I think something that. I guess to, you know, to turn it to a hashtag MTG Finance podcast. I think the cards from this set that you you want to you want to pick up. Uh, obviously, when there's been a few of them opened, if you if you're looking at like if you're looking at buying these for like their their mid to long term value, I think for me the the three that really stand out are uh, the Cavern of Souls. I can't see them reprinting that anytime soon outside of a master set and even when they reprint in a master set it'll be a mythic and the price won't be affected so I think Cavern of Souls is a good one uh, Celestial Colonnade because I'd say it's a very very playable card in the formats it's legal in and the art on this is amazing and I can't imagine them doing 
another version of Colonnade, like like this again. Uh, and then the other one I, I think is, is Wasteland. Again, I can't see them reprinting this this fancy full art version of Wasteland anytime soon. We know the Fetchlands are coming next year. And I, yeah, I think we compare these these versions to the original expeditions, these are never going to be worth anything like the original expeditions. So I, I think those three cards are, are really interesting. I think they're the ones that are going to see far less reprints when you compare it to you know, the big hitters currently, your Scalding Tons, your Pollutant Deltas, but they're cards that players who, who do you know pimp out their decks and, and want the fancy cool full art versions, I think these are the, the cards they're going to be chasing in the, the mid to long term. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. Um, I think they're really cool. really, as well. I think Valakut's yeah. probably never want to stick in that list too. Yeah, I really I'm hope that, that this is the the model they continue with for box hoppers. Yeah, same. Where it's you know we do the expedition style, the masterpiece style, right? Your invocations and what have you, but they exist as box toppers rather than being in the boost packs. Yeah, I think I think it's a really a really good way to 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 print cards and make the box toppers interesting. And it still kind of feels like a booster pack because every time you open a box, you don't know what what you're going to get, but you know yeah, that you're going to get one. So it, it kind of uh, the f- the feel bads are less are less bad than when you opened you know a case of Battle of the Zen and get a single one. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they're great. I, I really like this implementation. I think this is probably my favorite thing about the set by by a lot, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Which is sad, but I think it is. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think that I think it's going to be a very interesting time for this set. I think you've got. You've got the fact that a lot of a lot of this set is going to be opened specifically for these cards. Uh, I think you've got yeah. So I think the set's going to be opened because of these cards. Plus, paper play is still at very low levels across the world. So there's going to be a decreased demand for for standard cards. Nothing really looks like that powerful for I guess for or exciting for eternal formats. So I think it's it's quite interesting. You're gonna have a, a relatively low demand for a relatively underpowered set, and it's gonna be opened on mass. So I think this is something where you don't want to be pre-ordering cards at this point. I think you wanna you wanna wait till people start cracking boxes. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the prices of cards in the set do something like Battle for Zendikar was. I think a lot of stuff's gonna be very very cheap, and I I think that's good if you if you're looking to put exciting new cards in your budget commander decks or you're looking at budget alternative cards to put in in your eternal decks and yeah i think this is going to be an interesting set to watch for, for sure yeah i think the final note is that this is a commander set obviously yeah <laughs> and that makes sense based on the year of commander i guess sweet sweet awesome so was there anything anything else you want to touch on about zendikar rising before we we call it a night this week uh no it's a it's a cool set but it's not an exciting set, which is sad, yeah. but it's fine. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's quite a good way to sum it up. It's a cool set, but it's it's not that exciting. Cool set. That. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's definitely not a bad thing. So that's pretty much all we have time for this week. We want to hear hear your, your feelings on this. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you feel about Zendikar Horizon. Are you excited? Are there any real sort of standout cards that that you've seen? 
do once again did you purchase those case with Jay shoes because I really want to really really do want to hear from you oh my god please <laughs> please get in touch with us on social media you can follow us on twitter we are at hrfdcast facebook.com slash hrfdcast uh, or if you really want to give back to us say uh, you can head us over to patreon.com slash devastation where tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 25 20 to 25 cents per episode but you, yeah. you, you know we say it every week your money is 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 served better elsewhere in this this current state that the world is in yep buy food please <laughs> feed and clothe and shelter yourselves before giving money to a podcast and Thank feed you. and clothe and shelter other people if you have the means to you can find the podcast on SoundCloud and Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes that sounds like all of them if you wanted yeah. to go to one of those one of those platforms and give us a, a comment or a rating or a review we'd really appreciate it uh, if you want to share it with other people it helps us get out to more people yeah absolutely uh, if you want to find me on my own personal social media on Twitter I'm at PeachGardenOaf it's Oaf of an F Facebook I'm Joe Loudon you can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups uh, this week I've been arguing about the reserve list that's uh, it's a topic for another time it's, and that's, also, a, that's an evergreen topic yeah totally totally it's uh, the discourse is are, the same every time cycles to that discourse we'll get to yeah. that in another episode for sure, for sure. also stream on twitch twitch.tv slash peachgardenoath every Friday night come find me from 7.30pm BST be playing some magic this week I think I'm going to be playing magic arena doing some historic and then also at the weekend I'm going to be doing some social Saturday night social Sunday night social some fun party games been streaming some jackbox games that's fun uh, I'll be also doing a retro game night this week at some point as well but that's going to be going to be ad hoc I think so just just give me a follow if you want to see when I go live with that it's becoming kind of a thing now that I just always miss your streams isn't it yeah probably I'm not doing just, that yeah, purpose, I swear. Let me let me know when you're not going to be in and I'll go live <laughs> yeah that's basically how it works at this point uh, you can follow me on Twitter at sneal69 nice it's uh, pictures of, of little models I've painted and demanding the resignation of Tory MPs <laughs> sounds great to me it's a awesome. <laughs> so that's pretty much all we have time for this week once again we're approaching the second hour the Godfarer has returned so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation Devastation